What is up, everybody? How are you? How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? Welcome to Sims and Alefco Live on a Monday. It is our news episode of the podcast, and we are recording live on Facebook. Lucky enough, Jeremy Starr in the middle of an African jungle, but still enough internet to watch the pod. Yes, don't shoot any of those damn animals. Don't shoot them. Enjoy and look at them. You better not shoot them. Put on your comments, put on your comments, enter your comments into the uh, comment section here and we will get to as many as possible. Uh, We have a big show. We're going to talk about Edelman and the impact on the Patriots now that he is hurt. Uh, We're going to get Sims' reaction to Bortles officially starting. Hold it in. Very excited to hear it. And the quarterback that Sims right now is, Sims says, is playing Aaron Rodgers. We're going to have all that coming up. And Keith Mooney, I promise I will not bash the Brits. I had some English, some Englishmen get angry at me because I said that it was a plot from the NFL to like pretend that people in England like the NFL. They were like, no, we love it. See, and I was like, I told I, you they were so angry at me. It was you, really you tough. think like the NFL would go over there and like waste millions just to like, hey, let's make it look good in London. The, the group of people that will like cut a player for five cents. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, Yeah, I do. Uh, I want to, I was actually in Austin, Texas for the past week. Hook, hook them horns. And so I actually saw that hurricane coming in. And I I wanted to to put out all the thoughts and prayers. And if you guys are already sending fundraiser money down there to Houston, awesome. I'm going to do it right after the show. Uh, Shout out to J.J. Watt, who set up a fundraiser for Hurricane Harvey Relief. Donated $100,000 down there. Uh, He is corny. But he is impactful. He is. And he does a lot of good deeds. He's kind of like John Cena. He's everywhere and everyone's like, he's corny, but actually he's amazing. You, you don't know who that is, do you? John Cena? Yeah. Yes, I do. Oh, The nice. WWF wrestler that's got like a 25-inch neck. Exactly. I saw him in a Jersey diner with his wrestling wife, right, once? I saw him Dude, there. you run into everybody. Uh, I just keep my eyes open. They're not you on the phone. In- they're not on an iPad. They're out enjoying life. You ran into Trump's lawyer today. Yep, and I walked behind him and acted like I was stabbing him in the back while I was crossing the street, and everybody was laughing, and he couldn't figure out why. It's those stupid glasses. <laughs> He's got those little circle glasses. He's like a little kid, Sims. He can't help himself. Um, I got some notes from the fans. We did the whole thing about Blake Bortles last week about how he's a lefty, he's a righty, this is an issue. Uh, Benjamin Rosen said Nadal plays lefty, but he's a righty. Yes, um, that's And right. then Mahmoud Galai from Guitar chimed in said Larry Bird, CC Sabathia, and Phil Mickelson as well. And then I looked it up, LeBron James and Michael Vick. I knew LeBron James was. I was going to say that last so night. So he's that's a lefty why his, and he plays righty? That's why his jump shot's not that good. Oh, man. It's a little Blake Bortles-ish. There's been a murder. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, your the Mayweather McGregor fight. Yeah, what, how did you watch it? I watched it uh, just actually at home on the couch with the wife, and uh, you know I was watching, of course, preseason football most of the night, and then. Two, Tuned in a little before the fight started. Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy I it. I did too. Yes, very Everyone's much. Everyone's saying so. it wasn't a good fight. I really enjoyed no. the fight. Come on, I mean, we were at a point there where I was going, "Damn, I think McGregor might have won the first five or six rounds. He might like outpoint the point master and yes. Floyd Mayweather there for a little bit." He put his hands behind. But his it's back. funny. 
I got to the point in like the sixth or seventh round where I found myself grossly rooting for Floyd Mayweather. Really? Yeah, I was like, okay, this guy's not a Knock boxer. There's nothing else. He's got no future in this. Yeah. Let's put him in his place. Yeah, no, I, I was, man, I was rooting for Connor. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I, be, I bet everybody Floyd Mayweather. Right. And I wanted to see Floyd Mayweather knock him out, but yeah, I, I was rooting for. Yeah, uh, well, for I mean, Floyd Mayweather, I think he was even shocked at how good of a boxer he was in this short of a time. Um, your power rankings just came out. Bam! Uh, check them out on Bleacher Report, or you can download the amazing BR app. Um, 32, you have the Colts as the worst team in the NFL. Yes. I think that is correct. Um, below the Jaguars, below the Jets. Well, yeah, I do for right now. Um, and listen, when I did this, I did not think that the Jaguars are going to be stupid enough to name Blake Bortles their starting quarterback. So I took gotcha. that into account. Um, wow. But regardless, yeah, I think the Colts still, for my money, are the scariest team. Even look how they played on and, and against Pittsburgh this week. They get a sack fumble against Big Ben. I mean, I don't know. And then... Dante Moncrief catches a nice ball, breaks a tackle, runs for a long touchdown, or gets tackled at like the two or three. But they played well in a way that I don't know if it's realistic to play that way week to week. You know what I mean? So it didn't change my thoughts at all. Number one, you have the Patriots. Yes, sir. Number two, the Giants. And rising from seventh to third, the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, sir. Who did they jump? Uh, They jumped, geez, the Steelers. Who who was three? Oh, uh, the Steelers were three. I had the Steelers three, four, the Chiefs, five, the Falcons. I've knocked the Falcons down to eight. Wow. And yes, I moved the Seahawks from seven to three. Falcons offense, huh? Falcons offense a little scary, certainly. Yes. I mean they yes, they're they're one of the seven wonders of the NFL right now. I, I do What do you think, mean by that? I just don't know if I can Say they're going to replicate the way they played last year. I have concerns with the way their offensive line looks. They haven't really opened up a hole in their running game this preseason. And, um, yeah, I just worry about the loss of Kyle Shanahan and if maybe complacency and overconfidence has kind of set in and they think, oh, Julio and Matt Ryan are here, we're just going to keep going. doesn't look like the same system to me when I watch it. Interesting. Yeah. Something to note for your fantasy teams. A right. uh, lot of news that have come out in the last few hours. Uh, John Harbaugh has been extended until 2019. Wow, okay, good. Uh, Jets have officially named McCown the starter. <laughs> That's surprising. <laughs> I mean, what took so long? I mean, I don't, I don't know. We didn't come to this decision last week. I, I, I don't. It's, un, it's unreal. It's unreal. It's one of the things I hate about football. We're going to get to that okay, later. Okay, sorry. Owa Adigizua. Giants suspended first four games. I just heard somebody in the hallway for violating PED policy. Damn, I you know I guess he hasn't been playing well. So hasn't I don't know been playing PEDs well. Jeez, got that? Yeah, you know I don't know. He's what? got that kind of body that I would be a little suspect of. He is extremely rocked up, even for NFL standards for a is guy. He? Yeah, he is. He. I mean, that's all I could talk about coming out in the draft. Reggie Ragland was traded to the Chiefs yes. for a fourth-round pick. Reggie Ragland, the second-round pick out of Alabama. Uh, wasn't really the right system for Sean McDermott. You said this to me before. They're looking for more of the Carolina linebackers, and right. Ragland is a much more run-stopping in the middle. Uh, how big is this for a Chiefs team that we both believe could uh, rival the Patriots? I, I, it, it's huge. It's really, when you look at their roster, I think the one area you looked at with major concern, right? Their offensive line, no issues. Receivers, DBs, got guys on the edge of the defense. 
defense in Houston, D. Ford, that group, but I did worry about their middle linebacker play. Listen, Derek Johnson's not the same guy he was anymore. I mean, no, it's two Achilles injuries. Injury, yeah. Right. Rameek Wilson, I mean, they cut Rameek Wilson last year, and they brought him back like maybe a quarter of the way through the year. So they obviously don't think that highly mm. of him. They traded to get the Kevin Pierre-Lewis from Seattle. Yep. He comes in the second team, but they needed a true thumping middle linebacker. And then you look at, like, they have to, you know, their first three games, they got New England, who could easily just say, we're going to come out and try to overpower you. You never know. So you got to be ready for that. The Eagles, your team, second week of the year, have a very good offensive line. Yes. And they got to worry about that run game. You got the Chargers the week after that, the Redskins, the Houston Texans, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's the first six games of the year. All those teams yeah. have pretty good offensive lines. They needed it. And Raglan had three snaps in the last preseason game. I like uh, Raglan. Last news uh, Vontez Burfick suspended five games for the illegal hit on Chiefs fullback Anthony Sherman. If you haven't seen the play, uh, quarterback is going away over the top. Right. Fullback kind of does like an out and in route. <laughs> Right. right in front of him, and perfect just levels him. Yes. Suspended five games. A lot of people, including myself, said five seems excessive. You uh, are no, the opposite. I am. I'm the opposite. This is a repeat offender. This is Le'Veon Bell. I'm going to tackle you like and you're a baby your calf off. and like wrangle you and you know string you up. Uh, Antonio Brown over the middle, head concussion, stepping on LeGarrette Blunt's legs last year when they were in the end zone. This is a guy that's toted the line. He's been warned. He's been fined. He obviously has no regard for player safety or the brotherhood of the NFL. Hey, listen, in the NFL, we all try to knock each other's heads off, but nobody's trying to blow somebody's knees off or knock their head off when they're not looking. Yes. And that's what he did there. It's the ultimate defenseless receiver. And, yeah, I mean, five I thought was like the minimum. He, he deserves to lose like half the season for something like that. He's going to appeal it. the guy's career. He's going to appeal it, but yeah. because he's a repeat offender, do you think it gets listened to? I don't. I don't think it will. If it if it gets le- lessened at all, it goes like one game. But I think he's got enough of a reputation. Uh, now I know he he did do a good job to try to clean it up last year. I think he only got one personal foul all last right. year, uh, and he looks phenomenal playing this year. Uh, that was what I said to you when he intercepted yeah. Kirk Cousins and took it back. I've never seen his. His body was so tight, right? Like he's he always is carrying a pouch. Well, he got a little Didn't love handle it. there. No, he does not. Carl Lawson, however, <laughs> man, <laughs> you're a guy. Oh, really quick on Perfect. Um, you, you were saying if you really care about player safety, then you can't have a guy out there that's hurting people. No, I mean deliberately hurting people. I mean someone that's kind of taken pride in it. And you know, I, I'm even a little bothered by like. This is where I love Marvin Lewis because he sticks up for his guys. But he's come out there and said it's a legal hit. What, what legal hit? I mean, the ball was past the receiver, passed over Vontez Burfecht's head, and then he literally tried to kill the guy. And he's lucky he didn't hurt him and concuss him. Uh, yeah, I just I think this is one area that I am truly that and PEDs just it can't go on. Cheap shots like that are ridiculous. Well, the cheap shots can lead to injuries, and this weekend the big storyline was undoubtedly injuries. I have warned you guys now for weeks. You're going to be seeing ACL epidemic everywhere, and the numbers are starting to come in. Where are the numbers at now? Numbers at right now. It's all going to come down to the Bears' long snapper Patrick Scales is going in for an MRI. Okay. If he tears his ACL, that's 25. Wow. 25 ACLs. As a reminder, last year there were 22 in the preseason. The year before that, 26. The year before that, 22. And the year before that, 31. 25 sounds big. 
but we're right on average. Yes. That's the crazy thing. But here were the big names. Not included in that were Spencer Ware, who just tore his PCL, PCL yes. out for the season. Mm-hmm. And Andy Reid is going with rookie Kareem Hunt yes. out of Toledo to be the starter. Yeah. C.J. Spiller Taren, uh, and uh, Sharkandrick West right. is there. Right. Kareem Hunt. Yeah, is I'd he lo- a guy that can carry a team to the playoffs? He can, and and you, really? yeah, and you, all you got to know, you know, he's valued highly because Spencer Ware got hurt. They let they only let Kareem Hunt like run the ball one more time, and they took him out because that shows you he's the guy. And and yes, he is really impressive. Uh, again, a, more of a squatty power build. Is there anything to the fact that the Chiefs' running back coach has been the guy at the combine for like the last ten years doing the running back drills? Gosh, you know, I mean, they've had, they've been lucky. I, you know, even before that, they had the old, uh, you know, Eric Bellum, Bellum, Bellamy, Bellamy, right? Sleeping with Bellamy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, so of course he was an ex running back. He had the eye for it in evaluating guys like Jamal Charles They've and all that. So many guys over the years. They're amazing. Priest and, and Jamal Charles. And I think and you got to give your man Andy a little credit too. Andy's got a little eye Brian for that Westbrook, position. Exactly. Staley, right. That's Carell Buck. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. He's got the uh, eye. We have another injury that just came on the Bleacher Report app. Downloaded in the App Store. Uh, Redskins starting nose tackle Phil Taylor out for the season with a quad uh, injury. That stinks. Poor yep. Phil. Uh, and, and Phil, by all accounts, you watch on film, has looked pretty good. Uh, they were raving about him a little bit in Redskins camp. And they camp, need size. And they do. Uh, they do OBJ's ankle could be out for the season opener. I'm thinking he could be out more. Oh, well, listen. You know my stance, everybody. OBJ, take your time until you're 100%. In fact, wait till 110%. In fact, when wait till think, 170%. <laughs> when you think you're ready, take another week because they don't care about you and your $1.8 million. Let me get through some of these other injuries. Tyrod Taylor has a concussion. TJ Yate has a concussion. That means that the only quarterback available on Buffalo right now is Nathan Peterman, which is crazy. Peterman. Peterman. Uh, Cowboys linebacker Anthony Hitchin out eight weeks with a knee fracture. Cam Meredith, ACL injury, out for the season. That's big. That is big. Ravens linebacker Albert McClellan, the uh, special teams ace for them, out for the season with ACL. Yeah. Another Bears ACL that long snapper Patrick Scales were waiting on. Right. Uh, and then Julian Edelman tears his ACL. Luckily, he signed a two-year, $11 million contract with $7 million guaranteed before the season. Yep. So he did get that $7 million paid. Can you believe that price tag for Julian Edelman? It's so no- it's it's nothing. It's nothing. It's New Englandy. That's just what they do. They just they get everybody. We for have so the cheap. best slot offense in football. You can go somewhere else, but there won't be Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. It's I mean Gronk is getting nothing. I I, I know. They just this is the way he does it. They realize that they're having special success up there. Man. And uh, that's why it's hard to compare. Uh, but in that Edelman, let's start now. Sims's text takes. These are Sims's texts that he sends over the weekends. That if we don't say, he's going to get really pissed. I stole them from Canvasser because you forgot to send them to me. Well, I, I mean, we texted you at one point yesterday, and there was no reaction from your phone. So I wasn't I was on sure. A plane. Okay, I wasn't sure if you were like stuck in the hurricane either. So then I just said, let me go to Matt Ice. Pat, you texted. Patriots won't miss a beat without Edelman. Another big one. Uh, Ely gone, no big deal. Right. But you don't think they're going to miss a beat without Edelman? I really don't. I mean, listen, I know Julian Edelman's hard to replace. He's really awesome. There's no denying that. But this is a team that's built for every every 
disaster possible, they thought about it. And Julian Edelman, the slot receiver, is such a vital part of the success of the offense. You really think Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels are going to just, you know, leverage the whole farm on, man, I hope our one slot receiver stays healthy. And if he doesn't, our offense is screwed. That's why they have, like, four of these guys in theory with Brandon Cooks, Amendola, Chris Hogan's very good in the slot. Uh, So between... Deion Lewis. Yes, go on. Rex Burkhead could do it. Exactly. James White could do it. There you go. Matthew Harris chimes in. What about Austin Carr? Uh, Austin Carr's been phenomenal. The kid out of Northwestern. They like him as well. I don't know if he's necessarily as good in the slot yet, but they're going to groom him to where he'll be able to do it to a degree. But, you know, what, what you said, Lefko, the running back thing is really the other part that people miss. You've got to look at them a little bit in the receiver manner. They can line them up at slot receiver. They do it all the time. Or they'll just run the same plays they ran with Edelman, but Edelman, uh, but Dean Lewis will be in the backfield next to a Brady, and they'll design the same play somehow down the field, and then he'll come out and run that option route against the linebacker. What about his role in the locker room? Yeah. What was he in the locker room? He just uh, – Joe Cool. I mean, really, he's he's just a funny guy, really quick witted. Uh, Is he a guy ball that makes energy. the team confident? Yeah, he's a he's a he's a guy that I think makes the team cocky and tougher. I mm. think he brings a toughness to the wide receiver room and the offensive room, a toughness to a wide receiver room that you don't usually see in wide receivers in general, like. There, there, there's a group of guys there. They, they get off on like, ooh, I knocked the safety down on third and one run. Interesting. And, and so he brings that type of attitude, and of course he's fearless over the middle. Uh, we had a comment here. Marcelo Rodriguez says, "Would have been worse if they had lost Cooks." Um, no, I don't think it would have been worse. No, I think Julian Edelman's about as you know. If you made me rank them, I mean, you'd rank them Brady. Gronk, Julian Edelman, as far as order of importance. Right. And they can withstand any of them. Like we saw last year, Brady, he's out. They go 3-1. and one. We, How many times have we seen Gronk miss time over the last so few years? So there's literally no injuries that would ruin the Patriots for you. I, not, not really. No, not at this point. They're pretty, I mean. Even Brady. If they lost Brady, Gronk, and Edelman, would you still pick ooh, them to win the Super three? Bowl? All three? All three. Oh. And I don't want this to happen. No. I, mm. If they lost Brady and Edelman... And then, I, no, I don't think you could do it with all three. I think but they could get Brady, away with two. You think you can get away with two? So I if do, they I, lost Gronk and Edelman, they're fine. If they lost Brady and Edelman, they're fine. I think so. So Garoppolo, Gronk, Malcolm Mitchell, Brandon Cooks, they could still get I it think, done. I mean, they could certainly be a threat. I'm not saying they're going to win yeah, it. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be as confident, but like, I wouldn't be like, oh, man, they made it to the AFC Championship. Nicholas like, Kissel asked the real question. Yeah. What if Bill missed time? Oh, <laughs> that would change things. That would change things. Bill, listen, the number one concern the New England Patriots had, and I'm not even trying to bring this subject up, the deflate gate week and preparing yes. for the Super Bowl. You remember this. When they were preparing for Seattle, the thing that the, the, the New England Patriots were most upset about was they lost their best coach for three days having to come up with science experiments and defend Brady and deflate gate. So they were, that was the big stress in the building. Like, damn. We need Bill over here with us right now. And, and, and he was doing like the gas law. And he was, yeah, doing the gas law and doing press conferences and who would, whatever else. So that just tells you the value, even the way they value him. We'll stay on the Patriots because they're the best team in football by a landslide. They did release Coney Ely. Uh, the report from Mike Garofolo was they tried him in their scheme, not a similar style to Ninkovich, so it didn't work out. No. He was claimed by the Jets off waivers. Um, but you told me that there's some hidden gems on this Patriots team that made him expendable, and I've never. 
never heard of these people. Yeah, well, it's 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 really hard to know of them again because they never pubbed their own players, right? So you never hear Bill Belichick go, "Hey, that undrafted rookie we got out there, he is amazing. He's really playing." There's well. no whoa big off seasons in New England. Th- there never is, and even I've though never, they're, they're you're happening, right. you know, I thought about it. right? Where like other coaches are going to be like, "Oh, you should see this undrafted guy we got. He's really been, you know." They'll talk about because they're excited, of right? So Bill does a great job of keeping them under wraps. All right, so who are these two guys? Yeah, all right. So they draft they, Coney Ely. The first thing that you have to th- take into account here. Yes, he's a true D end. I don't think he could do the outside linebacker stuff. That's probably what scared them. They released him because they knew they could release him. The first guy you have to think about who, and we lost Ninkovich. So we go, ooh, they're a little thin out there. This is where I think it's going to shape up. Dante Hightower, I yes. think, is going to end up being an outside linebacker. He's starting to take snaps today at end. That makes sense. So there you go. He did it in Alabama. He does it for them a lot, as is anyways. You saw him come off the edge and hit Matt Ryan, right? So I think he'll get to take up that spot. The other guy you got to look at for it, number 70, I'm going to mess up his name, Adam Butler from Vandy. Undrafted free agent, was probably, he was in the conversation for the most impressive guy on the field defensively for the Patriots this past weekend. Wow. And he's really good. De- true defense to end. Hey, maybe they can stand him up. I haven't seen him do that yet. Yeah. But at least he's a true D end and he can do that part of what Coney Ely would be missed. And they have another guy from BYU that was undrafted. Langley. Harvey Langley. Langy or Lang, yeah, Langley. Am I saying that right, guys? Langy? Either way, he's Langi, thank you, Langi. But yes, he starts last week, and again, a Ninkovich-looking type guy. And then I'll add to this: this is the, the surprise to me because I hated this draft pick, Jordan Richards, the safety out of Stanford. Yes, never thought it would work. Thought he was too slow. Thought he was unathletic. They've made him kind of the third safety dime linebacker. And he's been in the middle of the defense, been very impressive there. But they've even put him outside at outside linebacker, Lefko, which is crazy. And when he lined up there, I was like, is something wrong here? And he can physically hang in there with the big boys. So here we go. Bill Belichick, the evil genius, at it again. It's unbelievable. Those are some of Sims's hidden gems. We're going to have more a little bit later. This is the time of the year where we try and give you guys a few weeks advantage before everybody else. We're going to be able to identify guys that other podcasts and other shows just don't. It's because we're the Players Podcast and we have this weird whiz kid over here that watches film. No, don't just say we, but we we watch. I mean, we, we, we freaking watch. watch. Rodell Deanna here. Chris Adam Jags fan here. Can one of you call Tom Coughlin and tell him to cut Blake Bortles? It would be appreciated. Thanks. That leads to another Sims text take. How many lives do Hackenberg and Bortles get? I mean, Blake Bortles named the starter. Uh, Marone says Bortles' ability to extend plays was one reason he chose Blake over Henny because of the concern over the O line. I was sitting in the airport on Sunday and I said, wow, they announced they're going to play Bortles over Henny. Let me put on this film really quick right. in the airport and watch how bad Chad Henny must have been to lose his job to Blake freaking Bortles. Yep. And I watched two perfect bombs that were completed for like 40 yards each, and a third that was dropped by Allen Robinson. I saw a frantic quarterback scramble in which he threw his life out there and dove and got out the one, and I went, and he played well. Yes. I don't get it. I don't get it either. I don't even know what to say. First, I'm sick of Jacksonville. I'm just going to say that right away. I'm, I'm sick of talking about their, oh, their talent, their potential. They ain't crap, okay? I'm sick of talking about it. They're overrated. I'm sick of talking about it, what they could be, a playoff run. But the Blake Bortles things bothers me. I mean, it's truly like, 
It's just ridiculous. I don't even know what you could be thinking. Of course, Chad Henney's outplayed him the last two weeks. I mean, we're going into year four of just way below average play at the position. And the worst of all is you've basically sold to your team that you're not trying to win or do anything special this year. Because those guys in that locker room know from at least practice in the, these last two preseason games that Chad Honey's the better player. You're giving them no belief. And that that's where I just go, gosh, how do you sell that to your football team? That's when things can get ugly if they lose a few games early in the year. Players will give up. Players will be like, what the hell? You guys aren't trying to win anyways. You looked at me and said, Caldwell is at it again. It was his pick. He's trying to force him. I think. You've heard rumors that he's trying to talk to people and, and build up Bortles yet again yes. in year five. Right. I thought this was Coughlin's team. I, I thought this was Marone's team. I, I thought this was no-nonsense, military, if you want it, you got it. Malik Jackson sat right here between us and said, nobody wants to mess with them. They're scary as hell. And here they are. I don't, portals. I don't I, even know what to say. I don't know you what to say. You don't have any idea of what it could be. I have no answer for you. I really don't. And the and the film to you was completely clear. The, the I mean this last game, Bortles in the second half. Bortles did some good things, certainly, but I mean he started the game off inaccurate, threw an interception. Uh and yeah, okay, certainly made some throws against some backup players, and I'm really not a very talented Carolina secondary in general. No. The starters aren't that great, let alone the backups and third stringers. So I just don't know what they could have saw. And, yeah, to me, just my years of football knowledge, I'm just going to go, yes, that somebody that Caldwell got to make another call here and vouch for his guy and stand on the table, but – uh, I'm really interested to see where this goes. I, I don't get it. Michael Jascott says, tell the people Sims. Jacksonville is hyped every year because they're players, but they haven't done Jack. You know, yeah. And then Quinn McGuire, they don't want to admit that drafting him at three was a mistake. And Caldwell, look, man, if you don't have the offensive line to protect him, it's probably because your second pick in the draft, Luke Jokel, is playing guard for the Seahawks There we right go. Now. So what? see, why can they cut ties with that guy, though? You know what I mean? Like, they can cut ties with him, even though he outperformed Blake because, Bortles. Because when a, when an alignment gets beat and allows a sack, oh, he's a, he's a schlub. He's an idiot. <laughs> Remember Blake Bortles threw for 4,500 yards and 45 <laughs> touchdowns, whatever it was. Th- that, that one season yeah. is Fucking Clouds, with everyone's brains. hands. Yeah. I had to curse. That's I had okay. to get one out there. Good, good. Um, I guess the way to do it correctly, though, the Browns announcing Deshaun Kaiser as their starter. What does that say to their team? Yes. I mean, there's Hugh Jackson being a leader of a football team and going, hey, listen, you guys have seen we, we haven't moved the ball when Osweiler's in the game in the preseason. And I'm sure in practice, Kaiser's the one making the more physically impressive plays. you got a guy like Kenny Britt and Corey Coleman who can get down the field where an Osweiler won't be able to take advantage of that kind of ability to stretch the field. And yes, they're going with the younger, talented guy, Sir Certainly might make a few more mistakes than Osweiler, but he's going to make more plays. And really, the other thing he does, he allows them to have more offense. Because once this regular season starts, too, I think you're going to see Deshaun Kaiser with the the read option threat and those kind of things. It's just another element to their offense that he can bring that Osweiler can't. And he's looked good to this point. Let me get a quick uh, updated Sims quarterback rankings of the rookies. Yeah. Kaiser, Watson, Trubisky, and Mahomes. Oh. Number one, is it still Trubisky? I think it's still Trubisky. It's he really close, so though. He so freaking good against the Titans. Yeah, and Mahomes would be two. And Mahomes, Mahomes looked really good against Seattle, too. I still Don't look Mahomes at the stat line. One. Yeah. So Trubisky one, Mahomes two, Kaiser three, yeah. Watson four. Yeah. Guys, Watson doesn't look good. Yeah, Watson's. Watson I told a, Watson to his face. I thought he was gonna be the best quarterback in the draft. Yep. Uh, and he looks erratic. 
He's running around. He's throwing the ball in really scary situations. He looks like he truly needs a year. Yes, I think so. I think I'm, I'm definitely. But we kind of knew that. We did. We kind of knew that. I think we were thought thinking like. With the way training camp started and you heard the buzz and the first game looked pretty good, you go, ooh, maybe he can build on this and there's something there. But, no, it kind of went the other way. It, it, As the more we played, it exposed his rawness, yes. I think. And he just has more to learn from in the pocket, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, listen, he was at Clemson. It's not the greatest place to, to learn quarterback pocket play for the NFL. Um, and the other thing that's come into play, I mean, and, and you saw a little of the game too, is just that's where the arm strength thing a little scares me. They're just when there's tight coverage, he is not able to drive the ball into a tight window like a Trubisky or a Mahomes. Not to this point yet. <sighs> they whip it. Which they can really fire it, yes. Yeah, they are they have stronger arms than Kaiser, but Kaiser has such a beautiful deep ball. Oh my gosh, he does. It's just got this wonderful arc. Great to arc, it. right. Um and so you came out uh, last week. And, I came out, everybody. And you shocked uh, your friend Mike Lombardi, I know that, <laughs> by saying that Jared Goff is living up to that title yes. by the first pick in the draft. Me so stupid, Chris and, Sims. And then you watched the Chargers game and went, oh, shit, I messed up. I literally was, okay, yes, I gave Jared Goff some praise last week. I thought, wow, he looked pretty good against Oakland. And he's on the right track. I like what I saw. <laughs> and our friend Lombardi called you and said, Christopher. Christopher, what no. are you thinking? What are you thinking? Christopher, Did no. Did you see the defenses Oakland was playing? Come on. Don't so, make that judgment so yet. So Goff looked okay. And then Bosa came around the corner. Well, this I got to set it up even more. So Rivers and them go right down and score, right? And I go. They oh, look good. They look Chargers good. look really they good. Do. They do. Rams get the ball back. And I'm going, okay, Jared Goff's driving the team down the field, we're and moving, he's going to answer Phillip Rivers. I go, this kid is officially turning the corner. Open side, not his blind side, looking down the field, strip sack fumble Joey Bosa. First of all, I'd like him to have more field, a field that that's coming, right? He's running right at his face right. and just goes, Hurrah! And I mean, just knocks the ball out, strip sack fumble, Melvin Ingram returns it for a touchdown, and then the wheels fell off. And that's what's scary to me because then mm. the next series he throws a horrible interception down the middle to Sammy Watkins where it was like he was in the pocket and he didn't know what to do and he wasn't sure about his decision. He threw a wobbler up there and you saw Jason Barrett return it a little bit. And then they got him out there for, like, what, maybe one more series where he had a little success, and then they got him out. And to me, those are the signals I look for. Like, why would you take him out at that point? Yeah, why not let him battle back? Continue to battle. So that tells me, and I might be wrong, but that, that they're, they're still building his confidence, that he is a little bit fragile, and they were more worried about something else bad happening than him battling through it and maybe it not looking perfect. But don't worry, you weren't the only guy that would like to take one back. Uh, whoa, bad prediction. Uh, Vikings are not looking good, so my little sentence last week is looking rough. Washington's offense. Mm. What's interesting is Washington and Atlanta – both lost their play callers, yeah. and both of their offenses has looked really stale this preseason. Yes. There's part of me that wants to say, well, maybe they're not showing a lot of the playbook. Sure. But I don't think that's it. No, and, and that, that would be the type of place, too, where I would go, their playbook, they just they get a lot in their playbook, and they should have enough in at this point to where it wouldn't even matter. And with their skill level, Lefko, I would just think they would be able to do— You talking Atlanta? No, I'm talking uh, Washington? Washington right now. Yeah, that they would be able to uh, be a little more efficient on that side of the ball. I mean, when, I break, when you break it down, you think of preseason game number one, it wasn't sharp against the Ravens. They got steamrolled, really. Preseason game number two against the Packers wasn't very impressive either. In fact, they had a 
go on a two-minute drive at the end of the half to, Just get, their, to get points, to get the first-time points and yeah. yardage all together. And then yesterday was off to a slow start too. You saw the perfect fumble, uh, interception. Uh, yeah, interception. Sorry, they did have a you know a drop pass here and there. Terrell Pryor. But, yeah, I've been a little underwhelmed by what I've seen, not only in the passing game, but they've been pushed around up front on both sides of the ball. And that mm. is, I think, what's a little more concerning to me than anything. The scary thing I was thinking about Washington was, who's the guy that's a speedster? Uh, you mean I feel like Crowder? Doxon, Pryor, oh, uh, yeah. Reed, all those guys are great 8-yard, 10-yard guys. Sure. And then you have, like, I guess Crowder. Crowder's yeah, Crowder's got to be the guy. Really, I think still Pryor's going to be the main go-to deep guy. Gotcha. I do think he's got the most speed to go deep, like 50-yard bomb style. Uh, I know Sal Primahita just came in and asked us to start over. Well, we're going to touch Raiders now, Sal, and I know that's your team. What the hell, Sal? Where you been? Where you been, buddy? Where you been? Uh, Raiders, Cowboys. You're, this is another Sims texted take. Two teams that are considered in the top of the NFL, and the offense is better play awesome because their defenses are really concerning. Yes. Again. Again. Now, the Dallas defense exceeded expectations last year. Yeah. Sean Lee played great. They lost their entire secondary. It feels like their entire D-line is suspended. Yeah. But Dak looked great. But that Dallas defense looks bad, huh? Dak is awesome. Uh, I don't doubt any uh, him at, in any way. There's no sophomore slump. It ain't gonna happen. I'm already sold of that. He just he's too calm. He's too collected. He's he's got too much talent. It's not gonna happen. But I do really worry about their defense. I mean, you see what Derek Carr did it, did to them. Too many easy completions all around the field. Too many easy completions all preseason long for the Dallas Cowboys in my eyes. And, yeah, I mean, I don't love the scheme. They have no great pass rusher. Tyrone Crawford's beat up right now. Yeah. Okay. And then they got a lot of young guys that are questions right now at, in the secondary. Yeah, we know Skandrick. Skandrick's not quite as good as he used to be ever since he hurt his knee. Anthony Brown, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's a world beater at this point. Chidobi Awuzie, I think, is a little banged up. He didn't play in this last game. Jordan Lewis does look good, but is a rookie. Xavier Woods is going to be like a third or fourth safety type. They got another kid, too. Uh, I'm going to blank on his name. He's 39, Marquez White, another okay. rookie at a Florida State, where he's getting significant playing time. Yeah, and not only do I not think the scheme's good, I'm just not sold on all the players yet either. Do you like Cooper Rush? I, uh, yes. I like him better than uh, Lefty LaRue. Kellen Moore. Moore. The last of the uh, lefties. And then Raiders defense. Raiders defense are my same type of issues. That's probably why Goff looks so good. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So that was one little concern there. And then, yeah, I mean, Dak Prescott throwing to people wide open all over the field. They need to get Gary and Conley out there. Carl Joseph does not live up to expectations in my point in my, in my eye yet. I like the way Obi Mel and Fonwu looks. Lefko, they bring him in as that dime linebacker to play like that Dion Buchanan thing. I love that, and he really moves. In fact, I, I think he looks better to me than Carl Joseph as is right now. I'd almost think I'd maybe make him my safety. But uh, they need Gary and Conley, Sean Smith, David Amerson. They're good. They're just not good enough. But I worry about their system and their coverages to go along with that as well. So I got concerns. They got a lot of young guys starting on the Raiders right now, man. A lot of young, a lot of rookies. Vanderhoos, the kid from UCLA, uh, he's starting on the deep defensive tackle spot right now. They got guys like Markel Lee at linebacker. They got a lot of young guys. They're trying out, so you can tell they're not set on their personnel on the defensive side of the ball yet. I got someone that if you want to go and bet in Vegas for an early MVP vote, this one you might get some pretty good odds. I'm going to look it up right now, Canvasser. If you can do the same, what his odds are. 
The guy that's looking Aaron Rodgers right now is Russell Wilson. Uh-huh. You texted Russell Wilson best preseason ever. He looks great. I mean Roger-ish. And they're doing more on offense. They are. He looks like a different guy. Yes. I mean his body looks different. His yeah. arm looks different. His accuracy looks different. Right. And he was already great. I know. I, I almost I was get, we were gonna try to get like I wanted to get a cutout of like old Wilson and new Wilson mm. to show the people a little bit. Uh because, yeah, he's – I don't know how much weight he's said he's lost or whatever, but it looks like it's a good 15, 20 pounds at least. Lightning fast. I'm talking lightning fast. In fact, who's the fastest quarterback in the fo- in football right now? I mean, am, am I missing anybody? It's him, right? Colin Kaepernick's not playing. Um, I don't think I'm missing anybody else as far as pure speed. It's probably him and Mariota, right, in a flat-out sure. race. I'd probably take Mariota, Mariota in a flat-out race, but Russell Wilson's quickness is unreal. But, guys, you just got go, go to go watch the highlights. Watch some of the throws he's made against Minnesota last week uh, or this past game against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, he made one throw to uh, J- Curse. He ran to his left at full speed and threw a 40-yard bomb to Kirsch running to his left. I mean, on the money, into tight coverage, just so many plays like that where I just go, they're possessed, I think, the Seahawks. They really are. I, and you know me, I haven't been defending them for a few years. They are a legit Super Bowl contender in my eye, first time since 2014. Russell Wilson right now, 12-1 to to win MVP. Ooh. Just ahead of Derek Carr, tied with Zeke behind Matt Ryan. Mm. Don't bet Matt Ryan. Don't bet Matt Ryan. It's not going to happen. So Russell Wilson, is it all the weight loss? And wait, you said the offense is different. The offense is different. The weight loss, he's... He's, you know, Russell Wilson likes to do this to throw, right? He's even tightened that up to where it just doesn't drop it quite as low. It stays, it stays like above his waistline for the most part. So his release is quicker. But yes, the offense does look like it's doing more in all capacities. Lefko, not just scheme, but they're being more creative with formations. Uh, I like what I see so far. And even though I know they lost George Fant, you know, the you know, they got a Bushi and a Bouchier and Golwinski battling out for right guard. And then the left guy is uh the left tackle is uh he's a, a Bouye. What the heck's his name? Bu- Reese Odiambo. 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 Yes. He looked good as well. So I do have faith in their offensive line that they're gonna open up some holes in the run game this year. Yeah, I love Russell. I like his new helmet, too. This is not his new helmet you see on the graphic here if you're watching. His new helmet is cool. Got a new face oh, mask. Oh, his new face mask. And a new helmet like altogether. It fits differently. All right, so now let's go to a segment that I'm calling I Think Sims is Drunk. Uh, this is when he makes a bold prediction at work, and I go, he's probably got some 1942 under his desk. 1942, call us. We'd love to have your tequila as a sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> First one you said to me today... Landon Collins is the best safety in football. You're yes. ready. I'm ready to say that. I don't think I didn't even drink 1942 to make that comment. I feel good about that. Totally sober. That's a good one. How many shots of <laughs> 1942 did Sims have before this? Not a shot. No shots. <laughs> Landon Collins is a freak show. I do think he's taken the mantle as the best safety in football. Uh, I think when you just look at it overall, pass coverage and ability to tackle around the line of scrimmage, I think he has passed up a Cam Chancellor for the best all-around safety in the game in my eyes. Mm. Yeah. And he's like 23. No, he's a stud. I mean, the, the Giants' defense is scary. I mean, you, you could see they might let up a few plays here and there, but they're going to make a handful of plays every – I mean, what they scored? They scored 16 points on their own last, last uh, week. Safety and two pick sixes. It was unbelievable. Yeah. 
Uh, next one, how many shots in 1942 was it when you said Fletcher Cox is the best defensive tackle in football? Yes, sir. And not only the best, I, I he has officially taken the throne from Adama Sue in my eyes as the most powerful force on the inside in the game. Really? And yeah, that's, that's saying a lot. Fletcher Cox, I am extremely impressed with for this reason. And I'll take Marcel Darius to make my point. He got franchise money, Fletcher Cox, and from that point, he's realized he's the franchise. He's played phenomenal. He says the right things in the media. He hasn't gotten in trouble. He's doing everything right. And that's when your team can be successful, when the highest best-played player is showing everybody, no, this is the way. Marcel Darius, on the other hand, got the same contract. All he's done is gotten fatter, in trouble, drugs, arrests, kicked, out of, kicked out of team meetings, whatever it may be. But what you're seeing from Fletcher right now on the field is that dominant. I, I, Fletcher Cox, I think the only guy, only guard, there's only two guards in football I can say that I think can handle him. Martin and Osemele. Probably, right. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even think a Marshall Yonda can handle him on what a regular basis. What was he not doing last year that you couldn't say this last year? Well, no, he was on the way there last year. I mean, think about early in the year when we were like, oh my gosh. Well, that's my fear is that it's going to stop halfway through. Well, it gets to the point, too, where teams have to, they literally, they just reorganize their game planning. They just go, okay, we're stupid. We can't block this guy with one on and we need two on him all the time. So that that changed his stat output. Uh, Fernando Rodriguez asked, it's preseason. How you know they're that good off, I don't know what that means, to a half of football? So I guess the yeah. question he's no. really asking is, is how much can we really glean from preseason football? Yeah, it's tough. It's certainly a projection. I might be wrong. But what I always look at is reoccurring problems, right? Like when I see Minnesota let up 200 yards in the first half to Russell Wilson last week, and then last night against the 49ers are getting bombed away again. And that leads me to think, ooh, there is something going on in their secondary, whether it's the scheme or communications issues. But I just try to piece it together. I mean, last year we thought Arizona didn't look very good in the preseason. You know what happened during the season? Got their ass They clean. weren't very good. Yeah. And all the issues you kind of saw. So, yeah, not everybody's game planning. But there are certain things that continue to show up where there's the offensive line getting pushed around every week. You know, what's going to, you get pushed around for four weeks in a row in the preseason. Chances are, I think the regular season, you're going to get pushed around a little bit too. You also had another hidden gem next to Indomitian Sue. I thought Jordan Phillips was a starter. I wasn't looking close enough. Who is this guy? Devon, uh, uh, Devon Godshaw. I want to say Godshaw every time. But so he's a rookie at LSU. Rookie at LSU. 6'3". You see him there. He's 3'10". Uh, all ass and legs team for Sims. I mean, really looks apart. Looks like Indomitian Sue from behind, wow. uh, which is good looking for a defensive tackle. But can get off the ball, but more or less than anything, just – Phenomenal power presence in the middle there for them to where he can be a space eater. He really can take on double teams, but has enough athleticism to be disruptive at times. He's really just a better version of Phillips. But their D-line, man, their D-line is is something to watch out for. You know, you think about the Harris, the first-round pick from, from yeah, Missouri. Charles Harris. Ger- uh, Hayes, William Hayes is, looked really doesn't good. Doesn't believe in dinosaurs. Right, doesn't believe in dinosaurs. Ex-team of mine. Little cuckoo. I like him. He's a little cuckoo. We need to get him on here, actually. He'd be fun. Yes. And, you know, guys like Branch, number 50. They're, they're, the defense with Timmons and Kiko Alonso. I've liked the way the Dolphins have looked this preseason. And you know what? Jay Cutler looked really good again, too. He does look uh-huh. good. Yes, he does. And Devontae Parker looks ready to take Breakout season. 
He's gonna he's gonna interject his name into top ten receiver in football this year. That would be another prediction. If I'd have. he doesn't get hurt, yes. that was my issue with him the last few years. Mm-hmm. He keeps getting banged up. Yeah. Danny Young, Simpson, left go. How good did Hoyer and the Niners offense look? Bam! Oh, it's the best of 49ers offense has looked since Billy Wash and oh, uh, sorry, and since Mikey Shanahan in '94. Uh, I think. I mean, this is the genius of Kyle. Kyle can find a few speed guys. He finds they had a decent O-line there. He gets his running back, and he knows how to stress defenses out. That's the brilliance of him. He mm. understands, like, oh, when they when I'm in this formation, they like to do this, and he's great design of plays. Play action fake away, deep post over the backside there. his number one play. And, yes, he, he capitalizes on it. Quinn McGuire, how do you think Jonathan Allen will do? I think Jonathan Allen's going to be real good. I don't know if he's going to necessarily jump out to all of us with like great statistics, but uh, you notice him when you watch the Redskins. He can do everything on the D-line. Uh, I, I mean, he, he's a baller. I like him and the kid Ryan Anderson for that Redskins defense. Sebastian Saradsky, which rookie are you most impressed with in the preseason oh, so far? Oh, gosh. I knew that was going to come. Hold on. Let me look and at the mine teams. Mine is Miles Garrett. Oh, man. Was that phenomenal. I know it's corny to take the first pick in the draft, but when you see this dude mm-hmm. bend around offensive linemen and being like six inches off the ground, he's unbelievable. He he he's taking he's getting triple teamed in his third preseason. Game. Yeah, he was he was phenomenal in the game, and I actually just watched that film a little bit, and I was extremely impressed there. Hold on, let me just I, I want to make sure I'm oh probably Trubisky or Mahomes. I hate to do the quarterback thing for you, everybody, but Trubisky has really been a pleasant surprise, like out of this world phenomenal. Uh, I'm going through some of the other names. I mean, OJ Howard certainly has showed up. Um, but, no, I, I think so far out of the first-round guys, that would be my pick, along with maybe Reuben Foster, with the two guys that have just been absolutely through the roof as far as first-round draft picks. Uh, Nick Smith, uh, this might be a fantasy question. Who do you think the Seahawks start at running back? I think they're going to start the kid from Oklahoma. It depends where Chris Rawls Carson. is, but Chris Carson. I do think he's going to be the guy. I, I watch a Chris Carson, and I go um, – I almost thought a little Sean Alexander-ish. Not that good. Don't pump the brakes there. But he has that same type of body, big square shoulders, pretty good feet. It's not breakaway speed, but it's enough speed to get 30 and 40-yard chunks when need be. And he really catches the ball well. I don't know if like the first play of the game, they did a play-action fake to him, Lefko. He Wilson drops back and then does like a 360 pirouette and runs in a circle for like four seconds, but then finally runs out and throws like a back shoulder fade to Chris Carson, and he catches it like a receiver. He's 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 impressive. Uh, this is the second time I've had this guy named, and I, I'm sure it's from the same person, Jayon Brown, a linebacker from the Titans. Yes. I gotta, I gotta give a closer look. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to answer it honestly. So, uh, Ernie Busan saying the Saints. How about their defense? Eighteen sacks in three games, and they've only allowed thirteen points. If you've been watching anything I've said on Bleacher Report here for the last two weeks, I've been saying watch out for the Saints. The Saints are going to win the NFC South. That's what I'm saying right now. Yes, the Saints over the Bucks in this offense. I think so. I do. Over I re- the Panthers. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. And, and over then, Atlanta, who I expect to be a hair wow. down. Uh, the Saints' secondary is deep. Their 
defensive line, Sheldon Rankins, of course, always pops. How Oli Kakaha being back in the mix is impressive. We know that Cam Jordan's really good. You know, you got to remember they got the Stefan Anthony there from Clemson at linebacker, who is another year down the line as far as progression. March on Lattimore. Lattimore is good. I didn't get to watch this film from this Texans game yet. But I will. I got to download it here on the computer. Uh, but I've been really impressed with their secondary in general. Awesome. Uh, coming up on Wednesday, we are having our big season prediction edition of the podcast. We're going to do MVP. We're going to do playoff teams. And we are going to pick a Super Bowl winner. We want next week's podcast to be able to break down game one. We don't want to have to do all the season all that. So we're going to be doing our big season predictions on Wednesday now that all the week three preseason games are over. Uh, we're also going to tell you how Tony Romo is already in trouble in his new gig. I will be doing more of the talking on that. That one that Sims will be, because, uh, yeah, it's just not a good look. I don't know. CBS doesn't employ me anymore, so. <laughs> and also, we're going to give you the reason Atlanta's new stadium could prevent them from returning to the Super Bowl. Could be interesting. Something to look out for. Guys, you are awesome as always. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review, and I will make sure to read it on the podcast. We already have like 15 to 20 new ones since last episode. So thank you guys so much. It's always fun to read them. Thank you for watching us on Facebook Live. During the year, we'll be right here every Monday at 4 o'clock, recapping Sunday, previewing Monday night, and we'll have shows throughout the week that I'll fill you in on another time. Fendrick, wherever you are, I hope the meeting and the doc is incredible for Sims. Peace out, homies. I'm Lefko. Have a good evening, everybody. We'll talk to you guys later.